You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. Welcome into the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates, as we're having a lot of fun here on a Thursday night, so we want to do a show. In fact, it's my birthday eve. We'll talk about that and so much more, and there's so much to talk about. Um, for That's why we decided to do a roundtable tonight. We invite you for your questions and comments on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, just put them in there and comments and questions. And ladies and gentlemen, I got a bow right now to the king of our podcast. That would be Kyle Barber. What's up? Come on, Dave, the king of the podcast. Okay. All right. Kyle, Kyle from LaGrange, the king of all podcasts, the king of social media. Well, here's here's the thing. We heard a rumor. I'll just say this. Oh, yeah, I did. I did submit a resume. Yeah, that you were going in the transfer portal. So I'm trying to do everything I can. Matt and I are trying to do everything we can to keep recruiting you, even though you're on the roster. Matt, can you identify with that, Matt? You know, I reached out to the Boneyard Collective. Uh, we're trying to put something together for Kyle right now, but uh, okay. he's entertaining other offers, it seems. So, uh, yes, I, I am. I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in negotiations right now. Can um, you see who we are competing against? Well, last name kind of sounds like shithead. Um, so you can figure it out. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, he wants me for his show. Um, he, uh, They need something to help the show improve. So, uh They've reached out to me. Um, I'm considering their offer, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. And all things birds, I've heard that podcast is after you. I, I don't know why. But what, what was that? All things what? Birds. Birds. Yeah, there's like I, the, I don't get that joke. I don't. I don't you lost me. <laughs> and there's all. I'll just say there's all kinds of people there because there's, it's between it's between it's between that podcast with that guy whose last name sounds like shithead. And uh, and Cornette, Cornette, you know, he's thinking of pre- pre- replacing oh, me, re- replacing Brian Last with me. So, oh, uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I oh, big time. I don't think, time. look, Corny has so much money, Matt. Yeah. You, know, I, you know, he has his collectibles and everything. I don't think there's any way in the world we can compete, but we'll yeah. keep trying. We'll keep okay. trying. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. All right. Matt Semenza, what's up, dude? How are you? I'm doing good, guys. Looking forward to catching up. And you know, Dave, I know tomorrow's a big day for you, the big, the big five zero. And uh, yeah. you know, uh, I just wanted to let you know you don't look a day over forty nine and a half, buddy. Thank you, man. I appreciate you so much, Bubba. Bubba, we need Bubba at this point right now. <laughs> That's when Bubba needs to chime in with that clip from uh, from from a few years back uh, with uh, God. I don't remember what play it was. Is that your grandbaby, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember it now off the top of my head, but um, I'll think about it after the show. But uh, very excited to have you guys because there's been so many good things happening right now that um, I guess we can let's start with uh, the my biggest topic will be the spring game. And I want to get uh, you guys uh, the weather was bad. I was coming off. A, I was coming off a illness, um, not feeling well, not feeling well, but weak. And so I didn't go, um, which I hate because I love the spring game. I'm a nerd, I know, but what do you guys think? What were your takeaways that you saw from afar? 
I didn't watch any of it and didn't see any highlights, just read. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't think you can take much away from the spring game. Um, you know, just looking after spring ball, there's some, there's some needs that needs to be addressed. Um, we need another outside receiver that can, that can make big plays for us. I think that's probably the, the most glaring thing. Probably also the easiest thing to, to feel. There's a lot of good receivers out there. There always is. Um, I think, uh, uh, beyond that, um, I don't know. Like one guy that you know, what is speaking of just spring ball, and I'll just carry it over to Matt. And let him talk more about it. What he's his thoughts on spring ball? Uh, how, where is you know everybody's talking about the running back room, Marlon Gunn, the kid from Georgia Southern. Uh, where are we at on Rajay Harris's progress? Rajay needs to be uh, he needs to be healthy come fall. Yeah, they they saved him. I don't. Um, I think um, he, Matt isn't he going to be like. By the full practice, this when he'll find they're going to finally let him loose. Yeah, it's my understanding, guys, that he's going to yeah. be ready to go for for game one. That's um, good. Which, which you know, it's amazing the the progress that these surgeons have made with ACL surgery. It, it's just incredible. I mean, you know, you're talking about uh, what is it? Maybe nine months, maybe ten months at most for Rajay if he's able to play. Uh, for the first game. So that's that's pretty awesome. And he he's, you know, he's a guy you definitely want to have to add. I mean, it's a deep running back room, but definitely want to have him. And, like, you know, just to kind of circle back for a second, when I think about where we are right now for spring ball, it feels, to me, it feels a little bit like a reset for the program. Not a rebuild, but just a little reset where, you know, we have some deficiencies that we didn't have, or at least appear to have on paper last year. Kyle mentioned the outside wide receivers. I think I, I'm still a little concerned about the tackle position. Um, but, you know, unless you're Alabama or Clemson, you're always going to have some deficiencies. But um, the great thing about this portal, you know, this transfer portal that we always kind of joke around about is that, you know, it's going to reopen again here, what, tomorrow, I believe, yeah. actually, in two days. So it's an opportunity for us to, you know, continue improving the roster and maybe maybe find that guy that that guy that Kyle mentioned on the outside that can go up and make some plays. I would also take a look because I don't think they're being recruited like they used to be. I would be looking hard at the junior colleges too. Yeah, I was going to mention that to you guys the, the very fact of, you know, so you have the high school route, you have the transfer portal, you have the J uh, junior college route. And then, guys, this is another thing I thought about basketball, but then I thought about football, too. What about the international part? I mean, we have a kid from Germany. We have Australia. Um, why not some more kids that – I'm not talking about, you know, a whole bunch. But yeah, was, well, you're not going to find guys that are going to make immediate impact except maybe a punter because they don't play football very much in other countries. Um, so you're looking at developmental projects. We're looking at immediate impact, guys. Now, at punter, which is also a need because – Luke Larson is about as inconsistent as you can get, and we really don't have anything behind him. Um, so, are we going to rely on Luke and his inconsistency, or are we going to? Are we going to? You know, well, we had another punter, don't we? Oh, we do, but I heard his legs. I heard, I heard he doesn't have the leg strength for the D one level. It appeared oh. in spring. So, um, okay, I, I I don't know if we're going to look for the transfer portal for that. Uh, if you if you just take some walk ons. Um, he, he, Luke Larson, if he could get consistent, um, would be fine, but he's just so damn inconsistent. It, and it's tough too with Larson because he's that rugby style punter and he likes to take 
two wide steps to his right. So naturally, you know, opposing teams are going to bring pressure off their left, which can lead to uh, to some problems for you. Um, that that's the only problem with the Australian style uh, of punting is, is that it can lead to more blocks, in my opinion. But I agree with you guys. He's been inconsistent, and you know, I think based on everything you know I'm reading, they're going to try to upgrade that room too. Um, but but again, not to sound like a broken record for me, I know from a numbers perspective we're pretty full on the offensive line, but I I just feel like if we could add another impact tackle, which is not easy to do, but I would feel a lot better about next season. He's a young quarterback. That's the reason why – I'm sorry, I was going to say this real quick, Matt, uh, Kyle. That's why I was going to say, Matt, the reason why I got what you were saying about the offensive line is the fact that we have Mason Garcia, um, who we will talk about that in a little bit, but – if he is going to be successful, if you he he doesn't have the experience of a whole nailers that can kind of like make something happen, and so we need the offensive line to protect him to have a good running game and give him the confidence he needs to to be successful. Well, I guess said that we would add a tackle if we could find an impact guy. Um, the problem is there's not a lot of the. I would look for the. I, I would definitely be looking at the JUCO route for. Uh, for that, that I, I don't think you're going to find that in the transfer portal. They go too fast. I would be looking at the at the at the JUCO route to bring in a, uh, somebody on the O line. Um, didn't Matt? Didn't you say we got a couple guys from Akron that transferred in on the O line? We did, Kyle. We got a uh, a true center who has starting experience in the MAC, and then we also got a tackle who, again, another starter in the MAC. Okay. Um, and, you know, I think those are really good additions, you know, I, but, you know, I, I think there's also some question marks about, you know, just how good of, of players these guys are and, you know, not to be sound like I'm being critical of them, but, you know, um, you just don't know what you have until you get people on campus. So, right, I, you know, but, but I, I think those are two really good additions, guys with starting experience and they're, they're going to help. Yeah. I don't, I don't think the alliance in, Bad shape. Um, it'll be interesting what our new line coach does, also. But yeah, if we can, if we can bring in, you know, uh, another impact tackle, and again, I, I would probably be looking at the JUCOs hard for that because I don't, I just don't think you're going to find it in the transfer portal. I mean, you might, you might. They just they're just hard to get. Um, you maybe you know, maybe we can get somebody from the FCS route uh, to come up and and be an impact. But tight ends, another room. I think you look at that. If we could find somebody else, we need some more depth to tie in. I think starting, we're fine, but I, I do think we need some more depth there. So at um, least one more tight end. Yeah, and it sounds like we really need another corner. Um, I, I didn't think we did, but Igo says that we our starters are good there, but we don't have a lot of depth there. So they're definitely looking to bring in a corner. Also, um, we're gonna we're reportedly gonna have about four guys transfer out that are deep on the depth chart. Um, so that'll free up four four scholarships. So, um, uh, we, uh, huh? You said four. So D backs are going to transfer out? No, no, no. Just four players in general, according to oh, Igo. Four, oh, four. Okay. That, that are, that are on the depth, that are, that are deep on the depth chart are going to transfer out and, uh, enter the portal. So, um, there should be room there for a defensive back, for a quarterback. That we should have room for scholarships for all the players we need if we find the players to fill the position. 
is what I'm trying to get at with the uh, right. few players transferring out. Right. And, and Matt, with uh, how are we on? Um, I feel good about D1, but what about uh, linebacker? That's your spot. So you, if there's anybody know about, about that, it would be you. Well, I think we have more depth this year. And I think it's a little different look, uh, in my opinion, than in years past. I think from a size, like a pure size perspective, weight, you know, when you look at like the weights of these guys, um, maybe not as big, but I think. I think we're faster. I think we, we're bringing some more quickness there and some more depth this year. Um, you have uh, Edwards, who's a transfer from Georgia Southern. He was here last year, played mostly special teams, but he has starting experience in the Sun Belt. Um, he plays fast. You have Taylor Jackson back, who started against Coastal in the bowl game. And then you have two players that came up from the FCS ranks, um, in addition to Zakai Barker, who – who tore an ACL. So I just rattled off five guys um, pretty quick. So, okay. you know, I, you know, I think from a depth and speed uh, uh, standpoint, we're, we're, we're pretty solid. It's just a question of, can we put it all together? So you know, it's a matter of, and like you talked about last time when we talked about maybe an edge rusher, somebody to really go after the quarterback on the defense side of the ball, we would be great if we could get it. It's not like they're growing on trees. I certainly think so. I think I don't know about how you guys feel. I think that's the hardest position for us to find here at East Carolina yeah. is a, you know, a true edge rusher. What do you What do you guys think about that? You're a, you're a million. You're spot on. Remember that's what Coach Logan used to say. He said um, that defensive linemen don't grow on trees. You remember that, Matt? Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's a matter of that. By the way, put your questions or comments on Facebook or YouTube. In fact, on YouTube, this is for Matt. A question from Chuck. He's a question What's for up, you. He said, if Flynn is better than Mason, do you start Flynn or is it Mason's job for 2023? Uh, Chuck, I that question, but, uh, but it's already appeared. So I wanted to put it out there for you, Matt. Yeah. It's interesting that Chuck brings this up because I, I texted you guys earlier today. Yeah. And um, Chuck, in my opinion, you know, and this may not be a popular opinion, but I'm going to let it all play out in fall camp and, and see where it goes. And I'm going to go, I go with the guy who gives me the best chance to win. Um, I, I think that Mason, you know, is the guy of the future. And I think it would be better for the program from just a program perspective. If he is the guy, I think he will be, but I would like to see a true competition and, and just let it play out. I think it's yeah. good to have a few, a few quality guys that can, that can, uh, you know, start if needed. I'm with you, Matt. Um, and not only Flynn, but if we, you know, we're, we're going to bring in a transfer quarterback, you know, Houston said so. So depending on, yeah, I start the best, whoever. I think I'm, I, I, I agree with you 100%. If Garcia is the best, that's what's best for the program because he has three big years of eligibility left. And on paper, that's what we are supposed to be building around is him. So what that would be best for the program if he is the best guy to start and goes out there and starts and, and, and doesn't have a hiccup. Well, he's going to have hiccups, but. In terms of having to bench him, yeah, he goes out there and he and, and he wins the job and keeps the job. That's what's best for the program. But if Flynn outperforms him, or if the whoever we bring in out of the portal outperforms him in fall camp, you play whoever gives you the best chance to win. The rest be damned. Yeah, and guys, I just my gut feeling tells me that this is a situation where you guys are spot on. Um, he Flynn 
is designed to push Garcia. You don't just give Garcia the keys outright. And then the reason why I say that is because I believe that Flynn has outperformed what they thought he was going to be. And so it's a situation where he is, you've got a guy, you've got him and, and Mason. You don't, you're not going to start Jeter because Jeter is just brand spanking new to the system. So you're looking at a situation where you don't want to piss Flynn off because he's been there. He's a junior. Um, you give him uh, a lot of quality reps. You push each other. When it's all said and done, unless it's a huge disaster and Flynn continues to improve and maybe Mason doesn't, then Flynn would get the starting position. But I believe when it's all said and done that Mason will get the job. But the great news is that Flynn has really performed way better than expected. And I'll say it again. Um, the the portal quarterback, whoever that may be, yeah. and unless we just take some guy just to have depth, um, I, you're not going to get somebody out of the portal unless telling them, yeah, look, you'll have a chance in fall to 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 compete. So um, you never know. You never know who we land. You know, we might land a guy that's an experienced FCS starter that is, that's put up good numbers and maybe hadn't had a lot of wins because he's had shit people around him. So you you, you, you never know. Um, I hope Mason Garcia does win the job and and because he's got three years of eligibility left. That's what's best for the program. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and by all accounts, the arm strength he brings is, is an NFL-level arm. Um, so, absolutely. But I think – and, you know, Kyle and I were kind of talking about this last week. Um, you know, I agree wholeheartedly we have to try to find an additional quarterback. You you have to. You have to have percent. Um, I and, and Kyle and I disagreed on this a little bit. I don't know how desirable of a – position that is for for a transfer quarterback considering that you know mason has three years left but regardless of that uh you have to try you have to try to find that guy um because and i think donnie kirkpatrick used this as an example in his interview uh that he did yesterday look at nc state last year yep nc state started with a you know a top quality quarterback and by the end of the year, they were on their third or fourth quarterback and, and were barely winning games. Um, so you just never know what's going to happen. Well, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can now. I got, now I got, I got a phone call and it, and it, and it interrupted me. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm with you, Matt. I I, I do think if, if Pitt's incorrectly. But here's the thing about that. you can Houston can say it's Mason's job. It's Mason's job to lose. You know, as much as it is his job to win. Um, if you are, if you're recruiting a kid in, in in the portal and you tell him, yeah, I got two quarterbacks. One of them has started one game. The other one hasn't started any games. They're both very experienced and you're an experienced FCS starter and you can't tell him, Hey, look, we're going to give you a shot. You know, I, then shame on us. Um, I, if, if that's the, if, if we go out and tell people you're going to be nothing but a backup, then we're going to get what we get. So I think you almost have to tell a kid recruiting him out of the portal, you'll get your chance this fall. The best guy's going to start. Um, yeah, Houston always says that, you know. So like, I I don't yeah. see where like during the Holton Aylers era, you're not going to tell a kid that because they know Holton Aylers is going to start. Um, but it's wide open, um, like you said. And hey, it's about in our business, you know, for football and any sport, it's about wins and losses. And so 
if there's a guy out there that we don't know about, a diamond in the rough, uh, that's what we are at East Carolina, then um, that's a good fit for us. But I, I feel I feel like that the biggest scenario that's changed between the bowl game and now is Alex Flynn. Not that Mason hasn't done a good job. I think he has. I think it's just a matter of the fact that Alex Flynn has improved so much, um, much more than they expected or anticipated. And you can't just give that, you know, just say well, you don't have no chance. I mean, and and it's actually good for, we talked about this before, this is good for Mason Garcia because he's going to be pushed to the limits. Um, and that's good for him to make sure he knows the playbook, make sure that he knows his reads. Um, I think all the kids love him in the locker room, so you don't have a uh, problem there with Mason. So it's just a matter of – is execution right between those two guys well the first two weeks of the regular season we're going to face two very stiff defenses in michigan and marshall and you know michigan obviously everybody knows what they are marshall has been a very good defensive football team the last last year their offense sucked the only reason they went to a bowl game was their defense so um you're gonna play two good defensive football teams first two weeks of the year you know uh, you you better get multiple mason's very inexperienced uh, you know, he, I'm assuming he'll be the starter. You know, he may get injured. He may go out there against a good defense, get rattled, throw a bunch of picks. So you better get Flynn ready. You better get whoever the transfer coming in ready because you may need him. I hope not. I hope Mason goes out there and looks like a superstar. But he's he's going to have growing pains. There's no need to expect him not to. And you don't need to bench him just because he throws a pick either. So, you know, but at the same time, there needs to be an active competition at quarterback. Right. And um, I would – you know, I, I'm anxious to see who we bring in out of the portal. Um, I, I really believe potentially it could be not just Flynn and Garcia competing for the job, but whoever that guy at the portal is. Matt, because you you alluded to it, how desirable of a job is it? Do you think we can recruit a guy to come play and be a, a somebody you could depend on to win a football game unless you tell him he's going to have a chance to compete for the starting job? I don't. I don't. And that's where college football gets really tricky. And it can be a dirty business at sometimes because you have Sometimes to you say, gotta lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, you, as a coach, you, you know, I mean, and, you know, I'm sure so every coach would come on this show and they'd say, hey, it's all about competing. It's all about competition. But let's face it. I mean, sometimes you have to sell the program. And that's kind of the a little bit of a dirty side about college football. But um I think what we would get would be more somebody who um, and I think of this as an example, right? Uh, go back to NC State, the kid that came from Charleston Southern who went to yeah. NC State last year. And I think he had just one year of eligibility and he was more of an athlete than a true pocket quarterback, but he could make plays with his feet. And I think even if we could get somebody along those lines who just can bring some ability, make plays with his feet, some athleticism, that would be better than going into the season with, you know, with just three quarterbacks. Well, Houston said we are going to bring in a quarterback. Yeah, so if you got to, you bring in somebody from Juca. But what, right. if, what, what, if, what if we get an FCS quarterback from a team that hasn't been winning? He's got one year of eligibility left, but it turns out it's because of the players around him. He's a quality quarterback. And he comes in here with one year of eligibility left and lights it up during fall camp. Do you do you greenlight him with only one year of eligibility left? If he if let's say he's 
let's say he outperforms Mason and Alex Flynn, but it's not by light years. He, he you know, if you're grading them out, he he's just got a slightly higher grade, but he does have a higher grade than Mason or Flynn. Do you go ahead and start him? I don't. I, I, I would have a hard time with that. I would have a hard time. Unless with that. he's the way I would see it, unless he is light years ahead of everybody, and let's say that Mason um, struggles, Alex Flynn, you know, like he goes down a little bit, then. Um, but for me personally, um, I think when it's all said and done, I really believe Mason's going to be Mason's going to be there number one, unless there's an injury or he's just an absolute disaster in the fall camp, but then there's no way in the world I'm going to start him, but that's, yeah, I think, I think if it's close, if it's close, you, 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 you go ahead and start Garcia or, or Flynn, yeah. even because they have multiple years of eligibility. Now, if you got that kid and he's got one year of eligibility left and he outperforms them both and it's not even close, then you, you got to start. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I'll say this really like, last thing I want to say about the quarterbacks you know, I, I I really like both of these guys because they're loyal and they've stuck with the program. I mean, look at Flynn. How unusual is it in this day and age for a guy who hasn't really played at all to stick around for four or five years? And and the same thing with Garcia. Garcia, in my opinion, showed a lot of loyalty, guys, by waiting. He was patient. He waited his turn behind Holton. He didn't complain. He put in the work. Yeah, and I think that's why. I think that's why it's impressive. Didn't. Yeah, I think that's why Houston has felt obliged to uh, saying it's his job to lose more than his job to win. Right. Um, because yep. of the loyalty he showed, and he did have the opportunity to transfer out and go to other places. So, And I think that's what it is. I think it's Garcia's job to lose, and it's Flynn's responsibility and uh, whoever we bring in's responsibility to beat him out and to be prepared as backups, you know. and. That's the- and, yeah. I, and, and another thing about Garcia, you know, from what I understand, uh, he likes to make plays with his feet. He's got a big arm, and then he likes to run around and make plays with his feet. So yeah, he's a kid that, that, that if we utilize his abilities, and I think you got to, uh, that could get hurt. Um, so. And, Matt, it goes back to what you were saying, and, Kyle, it goes back to, for me, uh, when you, you uh, opened my eyes about the O-line, it's not that the O-line is going to be bad. We have a new coach coming in that I think is good. Um, I think it's a matter of the depth issue is, is how healthy. I don't think it's quite like what I'm trying to say is I don't think that we, in other words, we're not lacking on depth. So we have that. The problem is for me is uh, we know how offensive and defensive linemen are going to get hurt. So uh, if you have a whole bunch of them hurt, uh, then you have a guy that's uh, depending on the who's starting, um, you could you could have a situation where those guys are running for their lives if the offensive line, that's where football starts. And I, I think it's going to be, with having the inexperienced quarterback, it's going to be more apparent than we've had. And I think the people that have hated on Holton for all these years will uh, be eating a lot of crow because they're going to see that um, how great he really was. But not to get off on that tangent, but just the offensive line play better be good this year. Well, I think. Garcia and I think Flynn's got some mobility too. Yeah, I think Garcia's mobility w- will help a, a a if the O line is is mediocre, um, having a mobile quarterback helps you a lot, um, a, a whole lot. So I uh, you know I, I think you're probably going to see a lot of read option with uh, 
with Garcia this year and that kind of stuff. So I uh, I think having a having the best O line you can is great. If we have a great O line, great. But a mobile quarterback can make a mediocre O line look a lot better. Definitely, and you know I would just say to fans too, hey, temper temper expectations a little bit early in the That's season for, for for Mar for Garcia because. I mean, listen, hey, we're going up to the big house. That that is a tough environment. Um, they if you follow Michigan historic historically, that when they play non-conference teams early in the season at home, they literally destroy teams. Now, I'm not saying that's gonna happen to us because I believe in the program and I think we can go up there and play really well, but I think in terms, I think Mike Houston and Donnie will come up with a really good game plan. I think you have to simplify it a little bit and have plays with one read. So plays like wide receiver screens, read option. You guys mentioned read option. Instead of, you know, seeing like with Holton, by the end of last year, he was going to his third read. I mean, yep. he was so, so um, comfortable in the offense. So, you know, I, I just think, you know, we're going to need to just be a little patient with, with, whoever the quarterback is, there's going to be growing pains. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And you look – I wish the schedule stacked up a little different. I wish that Gardner-Webb game was the second or third game instead of the fourth game. It's going to make it the first game. Yeah, I think that I think that ship has sailed. Um, okay. Um, so, you, you're going to – you're going to open up with Michigan, and then you got then you got Marshall, and then you got App. Um, and now, thankfully, App also is dealing with the same thing, a new quarterback. They are. Uh, um, so – uh, but my point is, uh, you 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 hit the you hit the ground running. Whoever's going to be playing quarterback, because uh, like I say, you, you obviously Michigan's Michigan, and I don't know how many people realistically expect us to beat Michigan. I, I would hope very few at this point. Um, yeah, yeah, but the Marshall and App games, look, our fans are going to expect to win those games, um, and they are very tough games. Um, I think you got to split one of those two. Um, so uh, if, if, if we get into dissecting the schedule, um, I think we got to start two and two. I think we got to beat Marshall or app and we obviously have to beat Gardner Webb. Um, so well, here's, here's the thing. And you're right about that Kyle is that, um, you're looking at right now, the Michigan game is, what do you think the line on that's going to be guys like two or three touchdowns? I think with a brand new quarterback, I would expect at minimum minus 17 at most minus I think it'll be anywhere between 27, minus 17 and minus Michigan minus 17 to minus 27. I would say somewhere in there. Okay. That's what I was, I was going with about 21, like three touchdowns. Yeah. But something like that. Yes. What do yeah, you think? I'm thinking 20. I'm thinking it's probably going to be 27. Okay. That, that was the number I, in my head. But you look at the, uh, but then the great thing about our, the great thing about our schedule guys is that yes, Marshall is a tough game and I'm not taking any way. Um, anything against them or yeah, they play better at the beginning of the year also under that guy yeah. they get they typically get worse as well last year they were good at the beginning they were the drizzling shits in the middle of the year and they, they were good again by the end um uh but we get them at home you know marshall's number one in greenville um Great. well that's true so uh hmm. hopefully that continues um yeah, and they the apps in Huntington an awful lot, but they they they've never won in Greenville. Um, When's the last time we we haven't been to App State in a long time since, uh, since the seventies? Yeah, seventy eight, seven. Yeah, and they win a lot at home. That's going to be a tough game. Yeah, um, obviously that's going to be you know they'll have that game circle, and we better have that game circle. Look, 
Gone are the days where we could snub our nose at App State. Uh, the last time they played us, they whipped our asses, and we went to a ball that year. So I, 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 um, I didn't get to play in it, but we got invited. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think we need to. Pirate fans need to embrace this App State thing. It's it's it, it's a rivalry. It's a rivalry. Yes. I was and, and, for, uh, in fact, uh, some of the people are commenting, Kyle. You look at it. To me, this schedule uh, for non-conference. Um, I think this year is a very good schedule. In fact, um, I, as a matter of fact, what I was going to say is those first three games are are not, you know, like, well, wow, you know, it's a tough start, right? But then Gardner-Webb, you feel like that's a win. You look at at Rice, I mean, I don't think – I think that – I know it's a road game, but you feel like you can win that one. I feel like we're even – a Thursday night game, we have a – it'll be a um, – we have the bye week and then the – SMU game is on a Thursday night, uh, and Matt's going to be here October 21st. He already told me because his favorite school, Charlotte. Um, you feel like that's a, <laughs> chalk a, that up as a win. What I'm Boy, saying is, better be. If you look after the App State game, guys, there's four winnable games. the The toughest game SMU is going to be tough. Uh, the the UTSA game is going to be tough. The Tulane game is going to be tough. We do get them at home. Uh, I'm looking at what do you think about uh, that road trip to FAU? Both I, I I I like um, I like their hire. I wish we played them earlier in the year. Um, they may be clicking by the end of the year. Uh, Dude's a good coach. Um, I'm, I'm, but, you I'm the, but you got the here's the thing, guys. You got the last three games are new coaches, right? At FAU, Navy. Boy, I'll tell you, the Tulsa hire. Um, we we close the season with Tulsa. And yep. um, I did not like that hire. I do not think that guy's a good coach. Um, I never have. Uh, I, re- I remember when he was a candidate for our job here, uh, when we hired Ruffin, I did not want to hire him. Um, he was very mediocre at Indiana. I am a little surprised Tulsa hired him. Um, yep. So uh, what is his damn name? Um, I can't think. I know help me out, Matt. Former head coach at Indiana, oh, former OC at Oklahoma. Kevin, is it Kevin, Kevin Williams? Yes. Kevin yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Um yeah, he um I, I so I'm not big on that hire for Tulsa. Um there are some wins to be had out there if if we get decent quarterback play. Um I I'm I'm I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm yeah, Kevin Wilson. I'm going six and six. Really? Um, yeah. But I, I think there's potential for more wins if we get good quarterback play. But um I think when you when you look at what we lost, Keaton Mitchell, what we lost at receiver, CJ CJ Johnson, Isaiah Winstead. Um, I, I think when you when you look at uh, obviously losing Holton, um, I think people saying eight nine wins, and I've seen that. I think are, I, I think they're they're smoking the hopium, or either they're they're underestimating the schedule. Um, but sure. I, I think you know you, you look at it, Michigan. Michigan's tough. Marshall tough. App State tough. SMU tough. UTSA tough. Tulane tough. Um, a, a FAU, I think, could potentially be tough. Um, but, you know, there are some games we had better win. Uh, Gardner-Webb, Charlotte, I think Tulsa. Rice game. Rice is one we, we, we should definitely win. Um, uh, although we have struggled at Rice over the years. Uh, Tulsa, like I say, new hit coach last game of the year. Um, what about Navy with the Brian Newberry? I know he was working there. But... Yeah, uh, and, and we're, you know – 
we've had more success at Navy than we have in Greenville playing them. Yep. And um, that's one we need to win. Yeah, Tulane is going to be home. I really, I, I like our chances with that game. I really do. And I, I think Charlotte's a win. The UTSA is on the road. I, that's a loss for me. I have to look at Tulane to see how much they're coming back off last year's team. If if they have a lot coming back, uh, they're going to be a tough out for anybody. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a. I'm not saying it's a. You know, uh, give me, but I. I, I, well, I hope it. the hell not. They just beat USC in the in the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. The point is, is we're. I think. I think it's a mixture of both of what we're saying. I. I don't think that. Uh, could we be disastrous because we have a. Um, you know, very inexperienced quarterback, of course. But I tell you what, guys. Wow. It goes back to – it comes back to – I don't think there's any way in the world, you know, that's very limited chances of winning at Michigan. But the Marshall no. and App State – if we want to have the the season you're talking about, you can't lose all three of those games. I think we could lose all three of them and still go six and six. No, I'm just saying that the, I'm talking about the the those of us that are – I'm in the eight and four camp, so – I don't – I think eight and four – uh, man, I mean, it's, it's you, I don't know what you're basing it on. Um, I, we, we got so much good experience out there. Um, I don't think, I think the foundation is too solid for it to be a disaster unless we get a bunch of injuries. Um, to me, eight and four would be a hugely successful year with, with replacing what we're replacing on offense. Um, I don't care what the schedule is. Uh, I, I'm in the six and six camp, if you will, Matt. I don't know what you feel, but. I think I think eight and four is a possibility, but I think calling for eight and four, I don't know what you're basing it on, Matt. I mean, what do you think in terms of record? Uh, you know, I'm honestly this not to sound like a cop out here, but I I'm waiting to see what the final roster looks like for mm-hmm. me, um, uh, because we could guys in the next two or three weeks we could pick up some really good players, sure, um, or we hey we could strike out, but you know I, I know this. Um, and, and I'll definitely answer that question as we once the roster is finalized here. But if we pick up a solid outside wide receiver, if we pick up another quality offensive lineman uh, on the outside, a tackle, um, I'll feel a hell of a lot better about it. Um, so it, it's uh, for me I, right now. I'm just kind of looking at, hey, what do we do here over the next three? Let weeks? me let me let me throw this out about y'all just because QB is the most fun position to talk about. What do you do if, if you if, if you're recruiting a kid in the transfer portable and all of a sudden you find this kid who has been a successful quarterback in an FBS or an FCS school and he's interested in East Carolina for whatever reason, um, and, but he's like, hey, if I'm going to come there, I need to I need to be guaranteed that I'm going to have a a legitimate chance to start. I mean, what do you do? What do you do then if, if you run into that situation? Maybe it's some guy who. Donnie and Mike Houston recruited out of high school. Then they have a previous relationship with him, and he's in the portal, and he's been successful where he's been. Um, what do you do in that situation? Good problem to have, but, I mean, I, I my thing is a lot of times these guys, the reason why they're in the portal is because it, it can work both ways, but one of the reasons why they're in the portal is they're a cancer to the locker room. That's the other thing. It's such a gamble. I know you have to. I'm not saying not to look at this, uh, the transfer portal, but um, sometimes Matt, I think we'd agree. Sometimes coaches get too much in love with the the portal, and there's a reason why they're in the portal. Uh-huh. I mean, it can work for you, and it can definitely work against you. I mean, you know, 
Um, there I think he's been who, pretty smart with it. So yeah, he, I'll tell you, I, I have to say, I think our coaching staff has done a really good job with it here. I think they have a pretty good track record with it. Like I heard Mike Houston the other day mention that, you know, he was asked about that, just the same question about the quarterback from the portal. And he said he's got to make sure it's a quality a quality person that can fit into that room. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll really evaluate that. Um, but, you know, sometimes you can evaluate it and still you might miss. I mean, it's just the nature of the business. But um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. I, I you know, I, I'm really curious who we're going to be able to get. I wouldn't be surprised, Matt, if we end up with a junior college quarterback, to be honest with you. I'd be happy with that. You know, this is a lot of good quarterbacks yep. at that level. There are. Um, you know, so, hey, we, we're not in a position to, um, you know, where we're going to get a, you know, a top flight, you know, maybe a true number one. But if we can find a quality player, that's good. But are we – I mean, you keep, everybody keeps saying that. But it, like, I, like I just said, I just posed the question, what if you find somebody who wants to be a pirate because whatever reason that would be a true number one, what do you do? You take them. You take them and, and you let it play out. You yeah. know, you, you just compete. Um, you just you just compete, and that's really all you can and, do. And you hope you, you hope you don't get any panic from from Flynn or or, or Mason. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I thought Chuck asked an interesting question here about would Houston be on the hot seat if we go six and six? No, uh, I I don't think so, Chuck. Uh, I I think. Again, it's I won't call it a rebuild, but I think it's a little more of a reset year. Um, you know, you're you're starting over in some ways. You know, you you're starting over from CJ, from Keaton, from Holton. You know, so it's a little more of a reset. So I think, um, I I think you know he's going to have a extended leash here for for quite a few years. Oh, yeah, and the fact that the guys won 15 games in the last two years plus. Again, going back to what we talk about, it could be, you know, this is a a year where it could go, uh, like Kyle said, it could go where it's six and six, or it can go eight and four, seven and five, somewhere that go four and eight. But as long as we don't, yeah, I would say that I would say my answer would be that to Chuck, as long as it's not a three and nine, four and eight kind of year. Um, if he's going three straight years to a bowl, then uh, we'll be happy. But if if it's a disastrous year, then yeah, I mean, then you would say it, it wouldn't be. I would say it'd probably be the year after next, uh, not this year, but it would be uh, if it's two straight years it's losing. Then then you would have to say that Houston will be on the hot no. seat. Not now. Not six now. and six would not put him on the hot seat. That's that's that's, no, that's about if it's like two yeah. Montgomery years. And now, if you had a brand new AD, um, six and six might put him on the hot seat, but. Uh, not with the AD that's been here the whole time he's been here. There's, there's no way. Um, I, I just don't, I don't get, people need to explain to me what they are seeing at this point as we sit today without getting in players from the portal. What they see today, and I've seen people say 89 wins, and I want to know what they're basing it on. Based on what? So, if anybody thinks we're going to win eight or nine games, based on not what may come from the portal, but based on what we have now, please post it in, in the comments why we're going to win eight or nine games. Because I don't know what you're basing it on. Well, for me, the for me, when you look at the schedule, um, if this was Houston's, if this is 2019 and we have no quarterback, then I would say God will be lucky to win six, right? But I think that 
the reason why the expectations are where they are is do people think there's winnable games on the schedule that if in 2019 we would have struggled to even win those games or to, you know, stay in the games. And, um, but I think, but, um, it all comes down to, it all comes down to, for me, then if, if it's going to play out, um, Kyle's way, then the, uh, the two games that you have to look at are the Marshall game. And you have to look at that third game, uh, with app state. And those are not easy games. It's not like that. It's give me, give me, give me, give me those. Are we games. may be underdogs in both of those games. Right. Right. Marshall, Marshall, I think has a lot coming back and we're on the road at app. With app so, yeah. yeah. It, it, it uh, you look at our schedule, right? This is, this is, I think people are underestimating our schedule a little bit. All right. Michigan, obviously, we know what they are. Marshall, bowl team last year, won eight or nine games. Uh, App won six games last year. I didn't go to a bowl bop. It's a whole weird situation. Um, they had two FCS opponents. They didn't file an appeal. And so they just decided not to go. But anyway, so you have Marshall Bowl team won eight or nine games. Michigan's Michigan. App State won six. UTSA, I believe, won 10 games, 10 or 11 games. Um, SMU was a bowl team last year. Um, so that's five bowl teams off the top of my head. Uh, Tulane, six. They obviously yep. won the conference championship, won the Cotton Bowl. Uh, so you got six bowl teams. Um, I'd have to think about the schedule harder to – like I say, there are definitely winnable games out there. You better beat Gardner-Webb. You better beat Charlotte. Um, even though historically – Better beat Rice. Yeah, historically we have not played well at Rice, but that's one you need to win. Um, and, and you know, I just comment on Rice, guys. What a trash pickup by this league to bring yep. in Rice. Just I'm academics. Just, it, it, that is a trash pickup for this league. That's a garbage pickup, just like Charlotte was. Yep. Rice, Rice, you know what the problem with playing at Rice is? Here's the problem ain't nobody there. Nobody in the world cares about Rice football. There's going to be about six people there. And four of them are going to be the head coaches. It's going to be his wife and his kids. Um, you know, it, it's a disaster. You know, it just really upsets me that we, that this league, we have to be in a league with Rice. Um, so, you know, if Charlotte was was bad enough for me, but that's that's the issue with that game. Uh, you know, you're going into a, it feels like the COVID year where, you know, you're playing an empty empty stadiums yeah i i agree with you i think i think the rice ad was bad I, they they said they wanted the houston market well rice doesn't deliver nothing they 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 don't they don't have any fans and now you don't even get the benefit of rice baseball because rice baseball has gone to crap they used to be a premier baseball program now they're horrible in baseball so to me rice brings nothing to the table um charlotte <laughs> was a horrible ad in my opinion and i think most pirates fans opinion um and then you look at North Texas. There's another ad. We already have the Dallas market with SMU. What did North Texas bring to the table? Yeah, they get good basketball, but that's been a recent occurrence. Right. Well, um, I think they may have done that knowing that there's a possibility that SMU may leave to the Pac-12. But um, by the way, let me get this and then we can talk about that. Robert says, I'm thinking like Kyle, schedule tougher than people think. We lose experience and God forbid injuries out of the Michigan game. He's going with six or seven wins. Yeah, I, I think I think that's realistic. Um, I, I think we could win eight, but I, I think we could win five also. So that's why I'm saying six and six. Um, and we're also going to have to have things break for us, like that uh, game that I automatically putting as a loss for the conference in UTSA. Um, you know, a game like that that we can win a squeaker, win you know, go out there and win a close game. 
uh, something like that happen, um, and we may lose games that that we shouldn't. Um, that's the way it seems like our our, our uh, schedule always turns out. But and Matt, maybe- what will you do if we lose to Charlotte? Um, I will. Uh, what's that? Gets that bridge in Greenville, the Green Street Bridge. Is that what it yeah. is? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll go jump off the Green Street Bridge. Oh my God! Uh, because that would be a disaster. That would be a disaster. And, um, you know, like you guys know my feeling on Charlotte. They, they, they're, they're lucky to be in a major city, um, because they haven't earned their way. And that's my only problem. Listen, like, like app state, I respect that's a program that's, you know, they go into Penn state. They almost win. They, you know, they play big opponents. Yeah. 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 So you have to respect them. They've earned it. They've earned their way. Charlotte was given their way into this mm-hmm. conference simply by default. And, you know, just to go back, Kyle, you mentioned Rice deliver. You know, we, we were kind of joking around about Rice delivering the Houston market. I'm just curious. Did Mike Oresco actually think that Rice would deliver the Houston market? It's not like people in Houston are sitting around saying, hey, we need to watch the Rice game today. Nobody cares. Hey guys, I I truly believe this is my honest opinion. I don't think Mike Oresco like says. I think it's ESPN saying, and I don't agree with them. You guys know that's one that uh, I didn't agree with. I didn't agree with the Charlotte one. Um, I, I have no problems with the FAU, um, for example. I think UAB is uh, is a good hi- uh, good hire. Listen, is a good pickup. But, uh, going back to the schedule, I'm looking at it right now, guys. Okay, look. The second half of the schedule, um, we were talking about those uh, games, the second and third game of the year. But look, here's your second half of the – I want to get your second half of the year predictions, okay? So you have home game Charlotte. You're at UTSA. You're home against Tulane, at FAU, at Navy versus Tulsa. That's That that part of the schedule, um, we better – we were talking about the eight and four. You can't have a collapse second half of the year. And if I look at that right – you look at the UTSA at that game and the Tulane game is going to be, those two games are going to be tough opponents. But when I'm looking at FAU at Navy versus Tulsa, those last three, you got Charlotte in there. I mean, are you telling me that we can't win four out of those six? Well, we could. I mean, historically we, we play like crap against Navy though. Um, we're, right. we're, due, we're due to win. Um, but look at what happened last year. I still don't know how we lost that game. Um, Agreed. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we could. Florida Atlantic has a good head coach now, um, and I believe they have talent on their roster. So that could be a fast turnaround. Um, yeah, Florida Atlantic is going to be interesting to see how good they are this year. Um, Navy, historically we play bad, but they have a new head coach. It's somebody on staff. They're probably gonna, they're going to do what Navy's always done. Um I don't know how good they're going to be. I think that's one we should win, but I thought we should have beat them this year. Um, Tulsa is one that I think will win last game of the regular season. They weren't good this year. I don't like their new head coach. I think Tulsa will win. I think we'll beat Charlotte. Um, Yeah, the second half of the year. um, But you see what I mean? Like, I'm not saying there are wins to be had, but. uh, You have to play the game. I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's. We'll know what we are by the second half of the year. We'll, you know, we'll know what all those other teams are too. So, 
Yeah. By the way, guys, we have a guy that we've been trying to, I don't know if we're going to be able to keep him on the roster. Bubba Rosenbaum is chiming in and hopefully we'll be able to keep him on the team as well. We talked about Kyle. I'm not sure Bubba, you're on the transfer portal or not, but he's saying he's stating the obvious, but it is largely depend on our play at quarterback. Yeah. How well do we protect the football last year? We had a huge edge and turnover battle and didn't turn it over in the last seven games. And he also says this, how well will we run it early to help Garcia Flynn? Absolutely, Bubba. That's what I'm saying. Going back to what you're saying, Matt, is the offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. We've got to, if there's ever been a year for the offensive line to shine and to uh, really protect, uh, man, it's this year. It is. And it always starts up front. Yeah. Not to sound cliche, but. No, you're um, right. That's the reason always, why it's cliche. It, yeah. I mean, it always, if you can run the ball, we have a good stable of backs. If we can run the ball, then we can set up play action down the field. You know, we can do it, opens everything up when you can run the ball. So uh, I'm looking at that. And, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit too, guys, and get your thoughts on this. I, I think our defense has a lot to prove. We did not play well towards the end of last year. We, you know, we had the, the, the disaster at home to Houston, which that game, I, I don't know what in the world happened there. We played terrible at Temple. Um, I did not think we played particularly well against Coastal on defense. We gave up a ton of big plays to a backup quarterback. Um, I think this defense has a lot to prove. Can we get back to a level like early last year when we were playing good defense against NC State, against, you know, up at BYU? Um, we have to get back to that level. It was, I'm a little concerned about the way we finished up that last year. Was that because we were banged up? Is that because we were people were starting that. to figure out maybe hey maybe people were starting to figure us out a little bit what we were doing so um, big challenge this year for Blake Harrell too. Now I agree with you hundred percent. I've thought about that too. Um, I think we had the potential on defense to be pretty good, but we had the potential on defense last year, and then we kind of let it we kind of let it taper off towards the end of the year, like you mentioned the bad performance against Mar against uh, Houston. Uh, we we performed well on offense at Temple, but on defense. Uh, we, we did not, and then uh, the bowl game, it was what it was. But, uh, yeah, defense needs to perform well early. Well, it needs to perform well off here, but particularly early. Um, I got a question for you guys. This is one of those hypothetical random uh, looking at the schedule questions, and the answer is going to be both. But if you had to choose, you can only win one. Would you rather beat Marshall or would you rather beat App? I will say the um, – man, that's a tough one there. It's that's like easy for me. App State. Yeah, I'd rather beat App. Um, Marshall, they've never won in Greenville. They're almost due. It would suck to win the home opener. But uh, I think you go, if, you, if you lose to Marshall at home, if you go on the road and beat App the next week, you're, you forget about that Marshall game in a hurry. Well, you remember last year with the uh, – last year with Owen, we were getting ready to be 0-3. Two years ago. I mean, two years ago. I'm sorry. Yeah. Two years ago with yeah. uh, in 21. Yep. But I mean, anything that's what's great about doing oh, the show we're talking about right now is that anything's possible. I'm, I feel very confident about the, I feel very confident about obviously running backs. I think we're, I, I tell you what, guys, right now, I'm putting all my chips in. Marlon Gunn Jr., man, is just, uh, wow. We were getting Rajay back. I mean that the the uh, going back to O line. If you have O line, great. 
We've got a stable running backs. I feel like LaCal, like you said, another outside receiver, um, tight end. Uh, we're in good shape there and quarterback, those three. And then, so you uh, you guys think with uh, – it's pretty much down to the edge rusher if we can on defense. We're good on – in fact, uh, I want to go back to uh, – earlier we had a comment about uh, Powers. I think it was Jack Powers. I'll have to put my hand on that in a second. But um, anyway, I think we're – I think we're overall we're in good shape. I, I really do. I think, yes, experience – some of these guys need, but overall, um, we're looking at, like you said, Kyle, it's going to be between six and eight wins, and it's going to come down to, it's going to come down to those games, the Marshall game, the App State game. Um, those are games that we we can't start zero and three. Um, if we do, then it's going to be lucky to be six and six. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we could start zero and three and still finish six and six easily, but. Yeah. I, 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 two and two, two and two is my goal. Yes. Three and one would be a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we're going to need some players to, to, to step up that are a little off the radar. Um, w- one guy that I think you don't really hear his name a lot thrown out. Um, but, but I, I really like him. Uh, I think he's going to have, uh, could have a very good year as Tyler Savage, um, uh, big target. He, he's 6'3", about 235 pounds. Yeah. Um, he's he's listed as a tight end, but that's that's a little deceiving because he's not really an inline block. He's more of a detached slot tight end. But I really like his size. Um, he He's a guy that I would like to see him develop and get the ball in his hands a little bit because, you know, we don't have the big targets like we had last year. You know the 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 length, and the height. So we're going to need him to step up. Guys like that are on the roster; they're going to have to play well. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Josiah Hatfield uh, coming back; he's another one that last year I thought would um, was an X factor for yeah, me. Yeah, he needs to live up to his his expectations. In this I mean, he's fast lightning. Come on, yeah. I mean, he's a guy that we really. This is his senior year, right? Off the top of my head. Is he a senior? Yeah, if he's not, he if he's not, he he's certainly uh he's certainly a junior. <laughs> he's yeah. been here a while. He he needs is it, now or never. Um, right. it's uh he he needs to step it up big time. Yeah, he's a guy that he's a guy for me that in that wide receiver room, Matt. That he's got so much talent. He's got so much speed. He's a playmaker, and um, I don't think he's performed at the level that he can, and um. And so I'm hoping that I think last year you put out challenges on guys. He's a guy for me, challenge him to really step it up because going back to what we're talking about, guys, if you want to win eight games, nine games, like some people, what was the magazine uh, Bubba told us um, that has us eight and four? If we're gonna be uh, eight it's not four, a magazine and the magazines aren't yet out yet. College football news had us eight and four. Okay. College football news. All right. So yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see those college magazines, if they're going to even have seven wins up there. But how about this, Dave? How about this, Dave? First play at Michigan. Very first play. Play action. We put okay. Hatfield on the outside because, one, you know, we know Hatfield, he can run by people. Yes, he uh, can. Play action, you know, really sell the fake to the run and a deep shot to Hatfield down the field. Mason Garcia can throw it about 70 yards. Yes, he can. And I, so, I was going to uh, say the arm strength. 
Yeah, the arm strength of Garcia is definitely an upgrade. Um, nobody argued that with about whole whole kneelers. But again, you have to have the experience of, you know, just because you can throw it 70 yards. It's like having a guy in baseball throw 95 miles an hour, but he has no control, like Charlie Sheen in, <laughs> in Major League, you know, just a bit outside. Um, but that that's a, a great point, Matt. Is and Donnie, you remember that last year? Um, you know, it's like what do you have to lose? We're playing Michigan. Everybody expects Michigan. Um, 99% of the population probably if ESPN like stat will have Michigan. But what do you have to lose? The only thing that we have to worry about, like uh, we had that earlier in our comments, is about injuries. As long as we don't have the injuries uh, piling up, then, you know, that's what I look at for game one. I think the uh, – I hope to God there's not a lot of people that think we're going to beat Michigan. Um, not because I'm Debbie Downer, but just being realistic, Harbaugh's turned it around. They were a playoff team. You know, we've had a coach mentor on here that we love a lot. He's a defensive analyst. I, I have a feeling that um, they're not going to overlook East Carolina. I really find that hard to believe, you know? Yeah, no, I, and they may, and they still may beat us. Um, they're, they're that talented. Um, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, the, the Michigan game for me is a wash. I, I don't, you know, if it was last year with what all we had coming back, I would say we have a chance to pull the upset this year. Nah, man, this it would be a it would be a miracle beyond miracles if we were going there and win. Um, Do you believe in miracles? Uh, so I, yes, but not in that that situation. I don't. Um, I uh, I'm more worried about Marshall and App State. Uh, that right. Michigan game to me, I, I, you know, it is what it is. Let, let's let's get in there, be competitive. Not get anybody injured, and then and then let's get home and worry about Marshall and App. Well, I think that's a really good point, and you know, I, I'm I see it the same way. I'm not anticipating winning that game, which I hate to say, man. I hate to have that attitude because but that's true. You, yeah. But but that's just the way I feel about it. And so but, but here's here's the thing: if you can go up there and play well, if you can be competitive, if by some chance you have you know you're you're in the game in the fourth quarter. That's a springboard that you can take. That's a that's a huge confidence builder right. for a team to be able to think to themselves, hey, you know, we just went into the big house. We played a tough game against a top five team. Um, and now you can use that in your in the next week. Right. Um, if you go up there and you get blown out and Garcia struggles and he throws picks and you know it looks ugly, now all of a sudden early in the season, you have a little confidence crisis. Right. And you have the that issue of that. This is a good point. Is there's no such thing as for me moral victories, but at the same time, you go up there and play a ten point two, maybe even two touchdown uh, loss to Michigan. You're going, oh my god! You know we played very well, and um, I know Bubba would say right now if you can make it a fourth quarter game where we're still in the game, where it's not like, oh my god, will this game end? You know, like kind of like Montgomery years where you're getting blown out. It's embarrassing. Um, and I don't think we're going to be at that point where we're going to be embarrassed, but um, having like a touchdown 10 point game. Um, I don't even think it has to be that close. I think if you, I think, I think you go in there and, and lose something like 31 to 17. Yeah. 31, 17, 34, 17, uh, 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 37, 21. I think something like that, even against Michigan, yeah, you can build off that going into the Marshall game. Um, uh, you know, I, like I said, mass expected to be a 27-point spread. I think it'd be a little less than that, but I think Michigan is 
going to be heavily favored. And, uh, you know, um, and to me, again, I, I, it's the games after that, 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 you know, I'm more worried about. Um, Cause you could lose the Michigan game and then you get a whole bunch of, you could get a whole bunch of wins right after that Michigan game. Theoretically, I know that. It, right. It, yeah. And it's I, not I, easy. I, it's, believe me, Marshall and App, Marshall and App are not easy. And, no. and and they're going to be, you know, they both like playing us and we like playing them. And they're winnable games. Though, the yeah, they are winnable games. Absolutely. Yes. You, you don't go into Marshall or app saying, uh, well, that's the game we're going to lose like Michigan. You know, it, it, could we lose both those games? Absolutely. Could we win them both? Absolutely. I wanted to ask you guys what I told you about the uh, Michigan, um, speaking of Michigan and Big Ten, uh, with this week with they have a new commissioner. And uh, it's looking like with the realignment, uh, people have been talking about the college, you know, the talking heads. Uh, what do you guys think about the potential? Of, they're talking about on the radio, I've heard about um, the Big Ten is going to look at getting more Pac-12 teams to help out the travel of UCLA and USC. How many teams, how many teams and programs do you add uh, to help them out, you add two. They're talking about maybe even adding not only Oregon and Washington, but they're even talking about adding Stanford and Cal. So you'd have six schools that used to be in Pac-12. Half the league would uh, would be now in the Big Ten. How do you feel about that? Uh, I think you've got to add at least two, in my opinion. I think having UCLA and USC on an island out west is a little goofy. Um, so I, I think you... I think you definitely add Oregon and Washington, um, and that would put them at 18, I believe. So, uh, do you go to 20 and add Cal and Stanford? If you do, I think I think I think no matter what, if if, if they lose two or if they lose four, I think at that point Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah are headed to the Big 12. So you, at that point, you either have two teams left in the Pac-12 or four. Maybe you have two teams left in the Pac-12. Pac-12 is done. Those two teams win the Mountain West. Maybe you have four teams left in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 could hang on if it's Cal, Stanford, uh, Oregon State, Washington State. I can see the Pac-12 hanging on as a team from the Mountain West, maybe SMU and Tulane from the American, and it being, I don't think, a power league anymore, but existing. Um, But I do think at least two teams from the Pac-12 will be hitted to the Big Ten, at least two and potentially four, and, I, and I'm, I'm pretty positive if that happens, you'll see those other four that we talked about, the four corner schools, as they're called, uh, go to the Big 12. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of two, Kyle. Uh, I like the idea of Oregon and Washington. Um, I, I'm not a fan of Stanford and Cal. Uh, I'm really not a fan of Cal um for a lot of reasons but i i think they dilute the league a little bit in my opinion uh i would be really careful about bringing those guys in but i i just think i think oregon's a home run the environment that they have and and austin stadium and then you know the washington huskies bring you know the, the you know we talk about bringing markets they bring uh seattle, seattle. so i think those are two home runs i don't see any downside to to bringing them but i would just be careful you know if i was the commissioner of the big 10 i I wouldn't go as far as to bring a cal or a stanford do you think the do you think the four corner schools will hit to the big 12 as soon as oregon and washington are gone i really believe they'll be gone i really do if there's some way that they could keep 
um, it, Oregon and Washington are the ones to me, if you're looking at a, at a board and you say the two that, you know, that if those go to the big 10 from the pac 12, then I think that, I think those other four schools uh, are looking and, and if they keep those two, and you pretty much have the conference intact, then they're, I, they're not going to keep those two. Uh, I don't I, think they will. I don't uh, think they will. My, my, my curiosity is if there's four left, I think the conference will survive, and I think they'll raid the Mountain West and, and the American. And I think if we lose to the American, I think at that point, I, think, I, I really believe at the end of the day we're going to end up in the Sun Belt. I think when I, this whole thing shakes out, I hope we end up in the ACC or the Big 12 or something like that. But I, I think at the end of the day when this whole thing shakes out, we're going to end up in the Sun Belt. That's what I was going to ask you guys with the big 12, um, that commissioner, uh, he said, remember he said, uh, he said, we're open for business and they are not going to the big 12 has been a huge surprise to me, guys. I thought that they would, they were done with Texas and Oklahoma. Um, I could honestly see them adding Tulane. I can see them adding SMU. I could see them adding uh, Memphis and East Carolina easily. No, I think they're going to go after those four foreign schools from the, uh, from the, from the, no, no, from I'm the saying they're going to go, they're going to go after them first. But what I'm saying is, I think they'll stop there, dude. I, I think they'll stop the six. Yeah. I think they stop there. Um, it'd be they, nice. It would be nice, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Um, right. I'm just saying with the, but see, the thing is, this commissioner, this commissioner is looking maybe at, maybe we'll get in the Pac 12. Hey, they want the Pac 12. <laughs> You, you, you joke about that, but the Pac-12 actually is looking to go on the East Coast because they think, again, with Heisman, everything, with those late kickoffs, which we actually, as football fans, we love when you can see those late-night games. But they want the that noon 3.30 window. They want those games, and they don't get them now. But if you could have a – say if you could get an SMU, you can get a Memphis, you can get a Tulane, East Carolina – in the Pac-12, like have an Eastern kind of conference part or Eastern division rather, um, then have those travel partners. Then, then uh, yeah, I just don't see them coming this far east. I do think SMU. I think if the, if the Pac-12 survives with four members, I do think Tulane, SMU, and potentially Memphis have a shot. I don't see them coming this far east and taking East Carolina, South Florida, Temple. Um, I could be wrong. Um, I, 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 but I, I do think you could see Cal. You could see Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State, SMU, Tulane, Memphis, San Diego State, San Diego State, Fresno Boise. State, Boise State, Colorado State, forming a new Pac-12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think it's really unfortunate what the American did. You know, I, I think some of those teams we just mentioned, the Memphises, the SMUs, yeah. Temple. I, I think we had a pretty solid core. And I thought we should have raided the Sun Belt um, yeah. to try to bring in an app. Now, obviously, it comes down to, you know, the TV contract and, and it comes down to the financial situation. But I thought that league, if we were to bring in an app state, um, you know, maybe a Georgia Southern teams if, like if, that, if I, I think it's more attractive. I, I, I just I don't see the attraction to the Rices, the North Texas, no, they just, they, you know, it's just doesn't do anything for me. No, if we were going to add, if we were going to add six, I would have, if, if I was running things, I would have probably brought in UTSA, Florida Atlantic, UAB, UAB. Southern Mississippi, Appalachian State, and Marshall. Um, and I might would have swapped out UAB for ODU. But, but see, I think, I think okay. they, 
had a hybrid. They could have had a hybrid, like I said. Yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah, yeah. The UAB part, uh, I think they're that stadium guys, um, phenomenal. Uh, They got great basketball. Them, look, look, uh, that is one thing I'll say about the American, about the new American. A lot of people thought a marquee is going to take a step back in basketball, but I think the American underperformed in basketball. You got Florida Atlantic coming off a Final Four. You got you got North Texas Mm -hmm. won the NIT. UAB played North Texas in the NIT championship. Plus, we already have Memphis. We already have Temple. I think the American basketball is still going to be really good, and baseball is going to take a step up. The baseball part is uh, the biggest uh, help, and maybe yeah. But if you compare it to the Sun Belt, it's still a shit league in baseball. Um, The it's a step up, but the Sun Belt right now is way more appealing. The only the only downside to the Sun Belt is. Television revenue is significantly less than it is in the American right now. They're a little over two million. We're around between six and seven million. Um, if that goes away, I, like I say, I think at the end of the day we'll end up in the Sun Belt. I, you well, know, what, we we would be playing. We would be playing App. We would be playing ODU, Georgia Southern, James Madison, Coastal Carolina, Southern Mississippi. These are all schools that we have rivalries with or could easily build rivalries with. Um, so. It would be a regional conference. Uh, I, I I think at the end of the day, if we don't make a power league, uh, so to speak, I, I, I think that's where we'll end up. I think it'll be a lot of fun, and I hope a lot of power fans feel that same way. You can travel to most of those games. Imagine being able to – we can go to Boone. We can go to Harrisonburg. We can go to Statesboro, Georgia. We can go to, we can go to Norfolk, Virginia. We can go to Conway, South Carolina. It, it would be a fun yeah, league right. for East Carolina. Yeah. So what? Uh, let me ask you this, guys. What right now, if you're ESPN, what schools would you tell Oresco to take to help the strengthen the American? If you're at 14 right now, which we're getting ready to be, let's say that you could add. I'm going to throw in four schools you could add in to help out the American. Like in other words, to keep that seven million a year or greater. What what schools would you bring in that we could get? There's nobody. Well, uh, you know, I think you could look – I think App is the one that makes the most sense to me, but you could look towards Colorado State. You know, you could look in that part of the country and, and yeah. maybe – and maybe – and I hate to do it. I hate to do it because I don't want to bring in any more triple option teams, but maybe you bring in an Air Force, um, you know. Uh, but I think Colorado State has some attraction. You know, I think they're a little more of a name brand – but uh, App would be my first. They they they've talked. They talked to the Mountain West schools, and they told us no. Um, while at this point, when you look at the American, if you're a Sun Belt school now, unless there's a guarantee the TV money's not going away, why do you leave the Sun Belt and that infrastructure this this solid to to come to the American? Now, if you can be guaranteed the TV money's not going away, then yeah, App State would leave. Why not add a Liberty? Um, because they're an evangelical school. and, a, and they're, It's not because they're a Christian school. A lot of people are Christians. It's because they're an evangelical Christian school. And a lot of people have a problem with evangelical Christians because they're over the top. Uh, and, and that's what that school's founded on. Um, I think Liberty will eventually find their way out of Conference USA. And they may very well end up in the American. Because, look. I think Liberty's going to go to Conference USA and dominate that league in every sport. 
They have, and they have lots of money. Yes, exactly. And that's why they're going to dominate. You're going to see them win in that league in football, basketball, and baseball. And in the new Conference USA 5.0 or whatever the hell that hodgepodge league is, is even more of a hodgepodge than the American. Um, it is a mess. But I, uh, I think Liberty will eventually win their way um, into into the American or the Sun Belt. I think one of the two will eventually have to take Liberty because I think Liberty is going to be a problem, and here's why. For now on, starting in 24, every year, one of the so-called group of five is going to be in the playoffs starting in 24. And if you have Liberty going undefeated every year in crappy Conference USA and winning a couple good non-conference games with Jamie Chadwell there now, um, they're going to be a problem. And if, if every year they're in competition for that playoff spot because they're winning Conference USA, the American of the Sun Belt is going to add them because you eliminate your competition. Yeah, I like your picks, Matt. I'm going to put them up there. Uh, if you're a commissioner, Aresco, who do you take? Matt says, App, Marshall, Colorado State, Air Force. Yeah, I agree with Matt. I just don't know why those schools would come here at this point. I'm just saying that I think that there's a potential. There's a potential. That's what I'm saying. Of ESPN keeping it at seven million or going higher, if we can get you know the if there's schools out there that would come to the American, I do believe that it's still attractive enough that it will. Um, now, if they say like we said, Kyle, if they say that they're not going to give us any more money, we lose that. Then yeah. Our backup plan would well, definitely supposedly, supposedly, who knows if it's true, supposedly, Matt, and you talk about why we added some of the teams we added, supposedly ESPN asked us not to mess with the Sun Belt um, because they like their TV contract, they like their sit-up, and that's why we took teams from the from Conference USA once the Mountain West told us no. So if that's, Interesting. If that's still the case, if ESPN is telling us not to take teams from the Sun Belt, then that takes Marshall and App off the table. Um, Mountain West has already told us no. Now, if the Mountain West were to get raided by the by the Pac-12, and let's say for whatever reason, I can't imagine Air Force or Colorado State being left out at that point they, going they to the Pac-12. But let's say they let's say they were, then I definitely could see them coming to the American at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, and it just really highlights that the fact that ESPN is running college football now and, and you know, as ESPN does a lot of great things for college football. I think their coverage is great, but I, I hate some of the things they've done to the game, not to get off on a soapbox here, but um, you know, I, I just hate how much power that they have in determining the, yeah. these conferences. So no, but Kyle, I mean, I think that's a really fair point. If ESPN said to Oresco, do not raid the Sunbelt, he's not going to do it. Yeah, and I, and I I think um I think potentially that's a mistake. Sometimes I think you got to do what's best for the conference and don't worry about what you're being told. Sometimes you got to tell Daddy to shut the hell up. Um, <laughs> well, I mean that's the thing is if 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 it comes down to uh, all this, like for example, the reason why um, it looks like this summer there's going to be realignment again is because of uh, contracts ending in 23. So you have a situation where um, Oklahoma and Texas are going to go next year. Uh, to uh, the SEC, and then guys, uh, there's a chance that the SEC is going to between the two powers that be, if you will, between the Big Ten and SEC. That's the X factor. If if the Big Twelve and the Big Ten expand, the SEC is going to feel like they have to. Yep. That's the X factor. If 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 they can somehow convince these ACC schools with that ridiculous buyout that they have 
if they can, and the grant of rights is two well, that's the buyout the grant of rights is what i'm talking about so but i thought it was 75 million plus tv money it's a buy it's a a buyout plus yeah, the that grant. that giving up your tv money from your new conference is not going to hold up in court i i, I am no legal beagle but uh, we we should get a homie up here and ask him if he thinks they would hold up in court. David Glenn and I think he would say the same thing. Um, so I think you're looking at seven five seventy five million, which is a whole lot of money, and that's it. Um, negotiate and they'll have it down yeah, in fifty uh, years. Florida, if, if, if Florida State, I think the best thing for East Carolina, and it sounds counterintuitive, but would be for the SEC to decide they want Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, North Carolina State. Because then mm-hmm. I think we could get in the ACC. Agreed. Well, and and uh, the thing is, the in fact, uh, North Carolina and North Carolina, uh, the Big Ten's been wanting North Carolina for a long time. Yeah, I uh, think that ship has sailed. They're going west. Yeah. yeah. But who knows what they, you know, and maybe you're right. Maybe the SEC will go after the North Carolina and North Carolina State and have them. They don't have anybody in North Carolina. Um I don't think they're worried about their academics. North Carolina and North Carolina State are very good academic schools, but um, I, I don't think that that's a. I don't know. No, uh, the SEC don't care about that. No, I know they don't, but I'm just saying. I'm talking about the. I just don't, and it's not to offend North Carolina, North Carolina State. If you're SEC, they're looking at like teams like Notre Dame, aren't they, in football? The SEC and Notre Dame. I mean, I. I'm just saying, I don't think that, no, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just talking about brand. What what I'm saying is I'm not saying that particular case. I'm saying brand names. What school is going to bring like a wow factor bigger or equal to like Oklahoma and Texas? Yeah, I think, I think the SEC, one thing they have been committed to doing is staying in their footprint as much as they can. Even Oklahoma and Texas is still Southern, even though it's more Southwest. Right. So, to me, Clemson, Florida State are the obvious choices, but yeah. I can definitely see them getting interested in North Carolina and North Carolina State. And like I say, if the ACC loses four, if they lose North Carolina and North Carolina State, I really believe we would have a chance. Yeah, and you really just need that. I think you need that first domino to fall. And then I think because this grant of rights is so powerful, and if, if somehow there was a way around it, it reminds me of like a, you know, not, not to get, it'd be funny here, but it's like a prenuptial agreement. You know what I mean? Like a lock and key. You yes, know, sir. you're signing your life away. And the same thing with this grant, with this grant of rights. Uh, you know, if somebody could find a way around it, uh, and co- like like you said, Kyle, challenge it in court, would it hold up? I don't know. If the first domino falls, we're a natural fit. Yeah, and that's the thing is that that grant of rights thing figured out, but that's going all the way, guys. That's going all the way to twenty four. If I'm the ACC and I lose North Carolina, North Carolina State, Florida State, Clemson, I add East Carolina, South Florida, Temple, and UConn. UConn wanted to be exactly. UConn wanted to be in the ACC many years ago. And I tell you another school, hey, Matt, and they're not going to do it now for obvious reasons, but how about how about the ACC? Uh, Memphis would be the wild card there if they're still out there. They Absolutely, would. they would be good for basketball, and uh, their football team is um, natural robbery with Louisville. Yep, and we have a East Carolina if they were in. Um, but Matt, how about I think it was around 1990. I was when I was in high school. How about Penn State wanted to be in the ACC, and the ACC turned them down? Oh my God! I mean, 
I don't know what the ACC could have been thinking. Because um, you think about that, they could have had. Think about that. It makes perfect sense for geographics. You think uh, the the geography. You think about. You look at. You look at. You have Miami. You would have. You have the um, Miami, Florida State. Um, you have Clemson. And I mean, you have the Notre Dame situation, which is crazy, but that's a whole nother show, as they say. But I just can't believe that Penn State, you would turn them down when that would have helped your football. I mean, football was really bad back then. But um, anyway, it's just crazy to well, think. That they you would have had you would have had Penn State, Pitt, and then some way you could have got West Virginia. You would have had a little trifecta there of yeah. some. some oh, uh, they could have gotten West Virginia all they wanted. They didn't want them. Actually, yeah. that was really stupid because West Virginia is part of your uh, is closer to your footprint. I, I don't understand the um, and that's another thing about the ACC. There's two things going against the ACC. One is there this academic crap that they you know like that's really a big factor in this whole thing when you have NIL and all kinds of stuff there. And Matt and I always laugh about the whole term student athlete. And then you have a situation where you have that, and you have a situation where also they're more worried about where their conference offices are than losing the league that they work for. Jim Phillips, are you kidding me? Like that guy, and he couldn't even get a job. <laughs> he's from the Midwest. He's from the Big Ten. He couldn't even get that commissioner post. You know, he wanted that post. So you have a commissioner that doesn't want to even be your commissioner, and then they give him a three-year deal. And then, like, you're worried about what the – you need to be worried about your conference as far as the teams, the league. Uh, how to strengthen that league, how to get Florida State and Clemson happy. I don't know how you do that. Um, they want to have that whole thing where they get more money than everybody else, which Oklahoma and Texas, they tried, they've been, you know, appeased those two schools, and they still left the Big 12. And that's what's going to happen with Florida State and Clemson. They're still going to leave. It's a matter of when. And you're basically going to give them a whole bunch of money to appease them for a few years, and they're still going to leave. So I, I don't know. No, you can't do that. I don't, I don't think that's, that's a dumb happen. idea. No, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you know, switch gears just for a minute. We start to wrap this thing up. We're going to look basketball. Um, uh, the big signee from Kansas, former uh, North Carolina native, a backup point guard on the national champion from last year, um, had an injury, played was a, was was an excellent player as a freshman, had an injury. Was back up this year. Um, big get. I mean, that kid, if we could have got him and the kid from Kinston, if we could have got them both, holy crap. But just getting him was a huge yeah, probably, get yeah. for our program. Yeah, no doubt about it. And we also signed a great uh, player from uh, Goldsboro. Goldsboro. And so, uh, for me, kudos to Bobby Pedford Jr. Thank you, Bubba. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing to me with uh, – and another thing that – Two things that uh, Schwartz are doing with recruiting I love is the 252 situation. And how about for the fact of the – he's very good. Well, neither one of those guys are from the 252, but they're both from North Carolina. Well, North Carolina, yeah, North Carolina. But he's also recruiting 252 players and really making an effort there. And the other thing he's doing that I like a lot, Matt, is the international scene. He's very well-connected there. And we've had we've had a lot of guys over the years that um, have been good international players that he's bringing in. So I really like that a lot, and I like the fact they're uh, Kyle. They're going to have uh, seats right behind the benches next year they're instead of the uh, the bleachers, so you can thank sit. God. 
you're going to be sitting there next year, I'm sure, with me, and we'll hang out. And, uh, Matt, you can come down, and uh, that's going to be a – Look, Dave, one thing you talked about is money being spent on basketball. Well, if you read Bobby Petford Jr.'s interview or his comments, he said the whole coaching staff flew out to Lawrence to meet with him in person. So, props to uh, yeah to the athletic department for giving them the money to do that, to be able to recruit. And um, I personally believe, and guys, you know, I don't know how I'm about basketball. It's my least favorite of the major sports. Mike Schwartz sold me this year. Um, I think he's the right man for the job. I think he's the right fit. I, I, I still think Billy shouldn't have been fired, but I applaud right. I, I applaud um, Gilbert on the hire. Schwartz was a good hire. Um, I think he – I've said it for years. If we're ever going to build a basketball program, we have to do it with North Carolina kids, and Schwartz realizes that. Right. And yeah. like the, he's doing good with the – he does well with the transfer portal. He's doing well internationally. So – um, we want him on the show, and it's tough right now, which is fine because it's a good problem to have because they hey, look, he's recruiting. Hey, hey, somebody needs to send this type to Gilbert because God knows I, I, we'll be. I, I'm critical of Gilbert. You've been critical of Gilbert. It was a good hire. Schwartz is a good coach. Yeah, I'm um, happy. Excellent hire. Excellent hire. And guys, they actually uh, with the whole lighting situation that we were using as Gilbert talked about Windows 95. They had to get a guy from Ohio. <laughs> They were the lighting system was Windows ninety five, not even XP. Good no, lord, sir. no sir. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's crazy. But let me let me just comment really quick on Pettiford, guys. Uh, yeah. You know he, he's a big time athlete, and I really like the way he attacks the rim. You know he can attack the rim with both hands. He's he's going to match up very well in American conference yeah. play, and um, you know he's a really nice get. I think yeah. I think the uh, I guess you would say the concern or the knock on him is how's the perimeter shooting, um, you know, yeah. and, and I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, time will tell, but I, I think he's a great addition. I think I'd like to see um, a, a, a solid, consistent perimeter shooter, somebody that's, you know, 38, 39 percent perimeter shooter from three. And a big. Um, but but I think. Pettiford brings something different. You know, Small was more of, you know, he was he was more on the outside. Um, Pettiford can get in the lane. He can make things happen, uh, penetrate and dish. So if you can add a perimeter shooter with Pettiford, I think now all of a sudden you're putting together a solid team. And um, But a really nice get, and I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. Schwartz, he's his first head coaching job. He's young. He's hungry. He's uh, he's invested, and uh, you know I think the future is bright. Uh, I think he gets a lot. I think he gets the most out of his talent. I think guys like playing for him. Yeah, he's he's uh, the people have bought in because he's not cussing at him. He um, he really loves to teach the game, like everything that you can think of. And I hate to use the term checks all the boxes, but I've been really impressed with him. I I would say this. My only criticism is not of Schwartz. The one thing I will say is let's do a better job, and I will help out in any way I can. To market the basketball program. All right, I got it. I got it. Bobby Pettiford Jr. Pet- Pettiford, how do you say his last name? Pettiford. Pettiford. Bobby Pettiford Jr. I got it, guys. What do you think of this marketing campaign? East Carolina fans of Bobby Pettiford Jr. We're all Pettiford files. Wow. What do you think? You think that's a good idea? No. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, 
you know, hey, I, I think we want to stay away from that one a little bit. <laughs> you don't want those T-shirts? I thought I no. thought we could get Bubba to get those T-shirts going. No, that's not going <laughs> to. No, you might, you might be the only one to have. No, that's a bad idea. Yeah, I'm not going. We're not going there. I, I'm going to. I thought. I thought. I mean, you're, you're Bobby Pedford Jr. We're Pedford Bobby. <laughs> I'm glad you amuse yourself, but that's not fun. Uh, do you have anything before we go? We need to wrap this thing up before. <laughs> oh, man. I just almost went political. I'm staying quiet, though, fellas. I'm staying quiet. Yeah. All right. Uh oh. Uh oh. I'm staying quiet. I'm staying yeah, quiet. Are you thinking about sniffing hair, Matt? Uh, I'm thinking about somebody that sniffs a lot of hair. <laughs> no. <laughs> But we won't go there. You know, no, I'm going to behave. Yeah. Dave, like, we had to do it at the end of the show. We just yeah, thanks, Kyle. He just asked, to, who is it, Bubba, that's asked to be released? What, 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 did, uh, what did Bubba just say? I missed that on the screen. <laughs> because of your T-shirt comment, thanks, Kyle. He just asked to be released. Hey, uh, I, 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 look, if you don't laugh at that, I mean, I'm sorry. You don't have a sense of humor. All right. Final comments, and we'll get out of here. Hello? Uh, go ahead, Kyle. I, I, I think uh, talk a lot about football tonight. <laughs> um, so uh, obviously, you know, um, still a long way till football season, but we're going to be watching the transfer portals here. We sign, and uh, uh, we didn't touch on baseball at all tonight. We got the Cincinnati Bearcats coming up this weekend. Top ten baseball team. The injuries are mounting a little bit, uh, but we need to take care of business this weekend in conference against Cincinnati Bearcats. Need to at least win two out of three. Better to get the sweep. Have another four and a week. Um, by the way, guys, the uh, from Bearcat. Oh, I've never heard you talk that fast. I mean, I can you do sounded it, like you sounded like I, one I, of those I, I guys on the commercial. You know that they 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 talk uh, a million uh, miles. Not not like, not not do it, Yeah. By the way, guys, I want to before I forget, uh, Matt, and I'll let you give. I want to give a shout out and um, our condolences to one of our friends, Chad Brendel from the Bearcat Journal, twenty four seven. His wife died of cancer. Nine days ago, and I'm sorry, Chad, I didn't realize I would have reached out sooner. I knew that his wife, uh, Kelly, was uh, terminal, unfortunately. And what she form of cancer did she pass away of? I am not sure, but uh, I knew that I read a thing on social media. So, um, obviously, we were not going to ask him tonight to come on. But uh, we would normally have him as a guest to talk about the baseball series, which is coming up, um, obviously, tomorrow and this weekend. So, good luck to the Pirates um, but uh, man, all from prayers with him and his family and all yeah. of her family and friends. I've been battling cancer myself. Um, hate to hear that he lost his wife. Um, I can't imagine going through that. Um, so, so thoughts and prayers with him genuinely. Yeah. And Matt, go ahead. Sorry. I just want to make sure I got that in before I forgot. Yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned it. And uh, hey, but really quick before I just wrap up sports, I want to say to both of you guys, we've got two big days coming up. Uh, Dave Richmond. D Rich turning the big five oh tomorrow. So happy birthday. It, I'll bring it on uh, two hours you know. and seven minutes. Uh, uh so that's a hey, that's a big one. That's a milestone. And then Kyle has a big day on uh what Monday, right, Kyle? Monday, you yeah, I go, in, I go in for my CT scans to make sure I'm cancer free after chemo. And guys, um I'm partying Monday night if I if I get good news. If I get bad news, well then holy crap, let's not even think about that. But uh, as long as I get good news, I'm telling you what, I'm celebrating big time. So, um, guys, uh, everybody out there, keep me in your thoughts and prayers, whether you like me or hate me. Um, 
Uh, we all love you, Kyle. All good thoughts and prayers, yeah. and uh, and hopefully I get good news Monday, and I can at least say I'm cancer free, um, for for hopefully for forever, but at least until I get my next scan six months later. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna love you unless you go to another show. So yeah, there you go. It's hey, it's like see. Howard Stern. Remember Howard Stern back in the day? He said, you know, obviously people would tune in that loved them, but the the people who hated them would would listen to the show twice as much. Yeah, there's exactly. a little controversy, right, yeah. Kyle? So you can't lose either way. Yeah, That's no, right. exactly. And you know, I, <laughs> I look, and, and I say stuff. I say what's on my mind and speak my mind, and and I say stuff sometimes to try to piss people off, and. And lots of times, you know, if you can't handle the jokes, then that's just that to me, that's your problem. Um, but, you know, I, I I really do appreciate a lot of people have reached out to me over the last, you know, six to eight months. And I really appreciate everybody that has. It means a lot. All right. Uh, good luck to the Pirates, guys. And uh, good luck to you, Kyle. Monday, we'll find out about that. Um, obviously, we're going to have extra innings this week uh, and weekend. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening. In fact, Hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the Pirates, and we'll say good night. Go Pirates. Go Knicks. Happy birthday. Down every touchdown with the cannons blast. Get it on, get it all, get the wind going like a hurricane. Y'all.